I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh,
you have dominion over the planet, that you have the capacity to do anything that you so put your mind to, etc. Now that puts you into a whole different reflection of self. I'm mixing herbs in this kitchen Almost 20 years since you listened Sipping brahmi tea and reminiscing Some of y'all been wishing That I manifest this reinvention Hood degree to heightened intuition I knew you won't glisten With the title Shifu I've been christened Mount Maru I'm focused on this mission Mantras and I'm blissing Unapologetic no permission Needed for this consciousness ascension Disease of disconnection and remission Shifting your perception like magician No time to enter Entertain your superstition, not to mention my intention and illusion, abolition and a goddess coalition. Serving lyrical nutrition is the form. Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I'ma teach you how to love. Teach you how to love, I can teach you how to love. Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I'ma teach you how to love. Teach you how to love, I can teach you how to love Where's your focus and your mind at? Who holds the vision, holds the power, underline that Is your reality created from the minds that Seek to destroy your godness and undermine that What you've been given as divine capabilities That's activated when you vibe at higher frequencies And manifest the things you thought in possibilities Focus in realms where there's no improbabilities No instability Follow the white rabbit onto another planet We gotta tear the fabric, exploring every facet Border and pencil agate Destroying every habit Until you free it and you see all that you need You have it Disease of disconnection Distorting your perception You need some introspection To see your God reflection Away from forced affection A path of forced correction We come in peace Become the wage of consciousness direction Show me what you hate I can show you how to love Show me what you hate I can show you how to love Show me what you hate I'ma teach you how to love Teach you how to love I can teach you how to love Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I can show you how to love. Show me what you hate, I'ma teach you how to love. Teach you how to love, I can teach you how to love. Higher level, lotus flower, stira, suka, sita, power. Higher levels, lotus flower, stira, suka, sita, power. Higher level, lotus flower, stira, suka, sita. I clearly understand that every experience that we have is an opportunity for us to grow and to learn more about ourselves and truly is an initiation into our God self. I'ma teach you how to love, teach you how to love, I can teach you how to love. I'ma teach you how to love. Joyous, joyful exaltation. Joyous, joyful exaltation.
Joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is Position Your Decisions. Position Your Decisions. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed. Starting off in Matthew chapter 7, 13 to 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few be there that find it. Proverbs 19.18-24 Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Deuteronomy 30.19 I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. John 16, 23-24 And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. 
Verily, verily I say unto you, Whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hereto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Proverbs 3, 5 to 3, 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Romans 8.28-30 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Ephesians 1, 4 to 5 According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Isaiah 55, 6 Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. John fifteen sixteen. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And Isaiah thirty twenty one, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme. Position your decisions. Blessings and grace.
just let it do Straight from your heart
Tonight's theme, position your decisions. Position your decisions. What led me to this musing was a manuscript named The Power of Choice. It's excerpt 20 from Thrice Greatest Hermes, Volume 3. It reads, There is, then, Essence, reason, thought, perception. Opinion and sensation move towards perception. Reason directs itself towards essence, and thought sends itself forth through its own self. And thought is interwoven with perception and entering into one another they become one form, which is that of the soul itself. Opinion and sensation move toward the soul's perception, but they do not remain in the same state. Hence, there is excess and falling short and difference with them. When they are drawn away from the perception, they deteriorate. But when they follow it and are obedient... They share in the perceptive reason through the sciences. We have the power to choose. It is within our power to choose the better and in the like way to choose the worse according to our will. And if our choice clings to the evil things, it doth consort with the corporal nature and for this cause Fate rules over him who makes this choice. Since then, 
the intellectual essence in us is absolutely free. Namely, the reason that embraces all in thought and that it ever is a law unto itself and self-identical. On this account, fate does not reach it, thus furnishing it first from the first God. It sent forth the perceptive reason and the whole reason which nature hath appointed unto them that come to birth. With these, the soul consorting consorteth with their fates, though in herself she hath no part or lot in their fate's nature. What is necessitated by the interwoven harmony of all the parts in no way differs from that which is fated, or as I mentioned earlier in the praise up, predestinated, the power of choice. So we have essence, reason, thought, perception, and sensation interwoven with the movement of the soul. And the soul is embraced and enveloped by the Most High. And if the situation involved is not in alignment with the essence of it all, overstand, with the spiritual scientific reasoning, one should then choose or decide to not be a part of it. We have to make good use of our power of choice. We are pure awareness, occupying the same space as our source, the Most High, and all life. Using our power of choice, we can directly experience the pure presence that we really are. The one true choice we have is where we place our attention. Wherever we place our attention determines what we consciously align with. That is the power of choice making. Whatever you choose, you are saying yes to, agreeing to identify with it and to experience it. You become one with the object of your choice. If we choose happiness to align and identify with the truth of our being, we experience that because our focus is lined up with that. As a result, we are consciously one with truth, strength, and love. On the other hand, if we choose to keep our attention on our history and self-concepts, we identify with being a flawed part instead of being one with the pure essence and the pure presence of the Most High. And consequently, we suffer. As we begin to awaken, we naturally become interested in finding out what it is we truly are. As a result, we begin to know ourselves in a very different way. Although the results of our unconscious choices still play out, through the power of choice, we begin to notice that we are the awareness. We begin to know ourselves as the peaceful, calm presence that we truly are. How we use our power of choice and what we focus on is determined by what we value. 
If we feel stuck in a loop of negative emotions, that's usually caused by bad decisions. And those bad decisions stem from being identified as separate and isolated, an incomplete body and mind, not in touch with one's soul and spirit and making decisions based on the greater good of those things. And as we turn our attention to the truth of what we are, pure presence, pure awareness of the Most High, within the Most High, and make decisions based on that stance, we automatically start feeling a sense of relief at the very least. And the more often we shift attention to this presence that we are, the more we experience calm, peace, joy, and love. Our feelings will always tell us where we stand, letting us know if we're turning toward well-being or away from it. In order to understand the effects of bad decisions, it's important to first establish what we mean by bad decisions. A bad decision is one in which you override your senses and choose an option that at some level you know you should not. So one very important aspect of decision-making is paying attention to your own senses. The sensation of knowledge and wisdom that runs through you that lets you know what's truly going on. The effects of bad decisions is that the individual compromises themselves. They don't get what they actually want. Anxiety, distress, guilt, physical symptoms sometimes, aches and pains, having to learn lessons the hard way, time wasted, either having to go back and clean up or doing unnecessary things, financial cost, and the most insidious and damaging effect is a wasted life. People compromise themselves in a myriad of ways every single day, saying yes when you'd rather say no, doing things that you don't want to be doing, making decisions so other people think well of you, spending time with people and you don't want to be with them, making decisions so others can feel okay, but you have to sacrifice in some way, doing things you know have generated the effects of bad decisions in the past, allowing others to treat you poorly, letting others make decisions so you're living the life they want you to live. As you look back at your life and think about some of the poor choices you have made, you may find yourself wondering exactly why you made those decisions that seem so poor now in retrospect. Some of them can come from taking mental shortcuts. Mental shortcuts can trip you up. There's a saying, the devil's in the details. Every decision requires you to breathe and bring oxygen to the brain so that all the information can be processed and take a moment to ruminate on whatever it is at hand so that your choice can come from a place of power and alignment. Bad decisions can come from making poor comparisons, 
And in order to avoid bad decisions, relying on logic and thoughtful examination of the options when making decisions, we often make rapid comparisons without really thinking about our options. And sometimes we can be too optimistic. One should hope for the best, but also prepare for the worst. Part of the overly optimistic outlook stems from our natural tendency to believe that bad things happen to other people, but not to us. Some of the habits that lead to terrible decisions is laziness, failure to check the facts, to take the initiative to confirm assumptions or to gather additional input, not anticipating unexpected events. It is discouraging to consistently consider the possibility of negative events in our lives, and so most people assume the worst will not happen. Indecisiveness. Oftentimes, indecision is worse than making the wrong decision. Those most paralyzed by fear are the ones who believe that one mistake will ruin their careers and so avoid any risk at all. Remaining locked in the past. Some people make poor decisions because they're using the same old data or processes that they always have. Such people get used to approaches that worked in the past and tend not to look for approaches that will work better. Too often, when a decision is destined to go wrong, it's because the old process is based on assumptions that are no longer true. Poor decision makers fail to keep those base assumptions in mind when applying the tried and true or having no strategic alignment. Bad decisions sometimes stem from a failure to connect the problem to the overall strategy. In the absence of a clear strategy that provides context, many solutions appear to make sense. When tightly linked to a clear strategy, the better solutions quickly begin to rise to the top. Overdependence. Some decisions are never made because one person is waiting for another, who in turn is waiting for someone else's decision or input. Effective decision-makers find a way to act independently when necessary. In isolation, some of those leaders are waiting for input because they've not taken steps to get it in a timely manner and have not established the relationships that would enable them to draw on other people's expertise when they need to. They're too isolated. And in this day and age, in the time of high technology, bad decisions can come from having a lack of technical depth. When decision makers rely on others' knowledge and expertise without any perspective of their own, they have a difficult time integrating that information to make effective decisions. One doesn't have to be an expert on everything, but one should take the time, especially before recruiting others to help you, to get an idea of what it is you expect them to do or what they should know to do to help you. So when they come to you and they speak to you, you know that they know what they're talking about. Overstand. Take a moment to overview so that you don't have to end up redoing whatever it is that you want to do. Another bad habit is failure to communicate the what, where, when, and how associated 
with the decision. Some good decisions become bad decisions because people don't understand or even know about them. Communicating a decision, its rationale, and implications is critical to the successful implementation of a decision. The path to good decision-making is narrow, and it's far from straight. But keep in mind, even the pitfalls are lessons in how to be a more effective decision-maker. So ways to make good decisions is to always seek good information and to look at your history. You have to learn from your own previous mistakes and check in with yourself and take care of yourself and make time to think and analyze things well. And the way that you recover from a bad decision is to first take full responsibility. It does no good at all to make excuses or rationalize or pretend that for whatever reason you aren't to blame. If you want to move forward from wherever you found yourself, you have to take responsibility for your choices and your actions and understand your choices. It's essential that you understand why you made the decision you made. Keep in mind that this is not the time to think of an excuse for why it happened. This is the time to understand why it happened so you can avoid making similar decisions in the future. Really take some time to think about why you did what you did so you can begin to move on. Apologize and explain. If your decision hurt anyone else, the best thing you can do is apologize and explain. Don't offer excuses or try to play down the situation in any way. Be honest and open with those you've hurt and explain to them what you realize. And once you've done that, it's also important to apologize to yourself and do what you can to come to terms with your decision. And be focused on the present. When you've made a bad decision, it can be tempting to dwell on it, but that's a waste of time. The most productive thing you can do is move forward from your choice and focus on what's happening now. Cut yourself some slack and begin to focus on the positive things you're currently doing instead of the negative things that you've done. Be proactive in the future. The best thing you can do for yourself when you find that you've knowingly made a bad decision is to find ways to be proactive after the fact. Ask yourself what can be changed or fixed now and then think about what you can do in the future to make sure you don't find yourself making similar decisions. Don't downplay the importance of taking future action. Life is a matter of choices. We are making choices every day at every single step, right from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed at night. Some of these are so routine, we don't even stop to think about the choice we make. Decision-making may not always be tough, but the circumstances or the people associated with those choices make it hard because of the emotions involved around those choices. Sometimes it can be life-changing and the choices we make can leave us with more meaningful learning experiences. People who decide and choose under difficult circumstances often progress in life, while those who cannot get stuck. The ones that are moving forward and not stuck have a different way of looking at choosing. They are more process-oriented 
and follow logical steps that could be impactful. And they do not allow their emotions to cast a shadow on their choice. One has to remind themselves of the priority, the goal, and the future impact of the outcome while choosing or deciding. Use intuition when making a choice and consider many alternatives to come up with an informed choice. Many of us face decisions of some kind on a daily basis, and many of us wonder how we can improve our decision-making skills so we can make clear, confident choices. Decision-making should be a two-step process. The first step is gathering relevant information, and the second is deciding on the basis of what you've learned. In the form of a methodology for making decisions with confidence and clarity, here are some key principles. Don't assume you're the smartest person. Recognize that you still have a lot to learn and seek out information with humility and an open mind. Learn to suspend judgment. Biases tend to be the downfall of many smart and successful individuals. If you want to learn something new and gain a new perspective, forego your biases and suspend your preconceived judgments so that you can be clear and open enough to make choices and decisions with clarity. And generate creative alternatives. Try to step outside of your normal patterns of thinking and come up with some truly innovative solutions. And remember that to get is to receive. Get a bit of feedback from someone you can trust and whose opinion you value. Listening to others can improve your understanding of what's at stake. Gain clarity with objectivity. Before you begin to make a decision, make sure you fully understand the situation. It may be that your objective can be approached in isolation, but it's more likely that there are a number of interrelated factors to consider. Every choice comes at a cost, so look at things objectively and test your ideas with others. Frame your choices. Ask yourself if you will be pleased with your decision five minutes from now, five months from now, or five years from now. This strategy makes you consider the short-term, medium-term, and long-term consequences along with the value and benefits that come with your decision. When you apply this technique consistently, it will help you become more fluent in your decision-making. Evaluate your decisions. With all the effort and hard work you've invested in selecting alternatives, it can be tempting to want to move ahead with your choice. But that's the moment to pause and evaluate. Hindsight is great for identifying why some choices have been more successful than others. So before you start to implement your decision, take a long, hard look to make sure that you've gotten as much feedback and objective thinking and input as you can because your final decision is as only as good as the facts and research you have assembled. The path of our lives is determined largely by the choices we make and the decisions that you take. Make sure that yours are confident and clear. The choices we make each day are powerful. They can nourish us or drain us. They can lead us into negativity, suffering, and disillusionment or they can wake us up. They can move us one step closer to illness 
are one step closer to health. They can disconnect us from each other or cultivate more love, connection, and peace. Our daily choices are precious moments in time where we make a statement about who we choose to be, creating a future for ourselves, our communities, our world. We often underestimate the power of our daily habits and decisions, but they ultimately lead to developing our enduring traits, carving out our character, and defining our quality of life. Bring more presence into the choice points throughout your days. Bring your whole self to these moments and let your actions and words flow from that place of deeper awareness. Let those choices become like a form of art, expressions of what is deepest and truest in you, expressions of your wisdom, your love, your authenticity. Position your decisions. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis, blessings and grace. Come to- 
and grace and welcome to the go and gnosis your news infused with consciousness starting off with the root.com investigators probing fatal kobe bryant helicopter crash focusing on weather conditions and mechanical issues all victims identified multiple federal agencies have joined local authorities investigating what caused the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other passengers in Los Angeles on Sunday. Currently, officials are focusing on foggy weather conditions in the area that day, as well as potential mechanical problems, reports the Los Angeles Times. According to USA Today, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva 
told reporters Sunday night, there was an issue with visibility and a low ceiling earlier in the day, but actual conditions at the time of impact, that is still yet to be determined. A former pilot for the company Bryant's helicopter was registered to, Island Express Holding Corp., told the Times the aircraft was in fantastic condition and thought the crash was probably a result of inclement weather rather than mechanical issues. The likelihood of a catastrophic twin-engine failure on that aircraft, it just doesn't happen, said Kurt Dietz. As USA Today notes, Bryant traveled by helicopter regularly during his career as a Los Angeles Laker and post-retirement. Not only did the aircraft cut his travel time, helping him to avoid Los Angeles' famous traffic, to Bryant, it was an important tool in protecting his ability to play. Sexy as it might seem, Bryant says the helicopter is just another tool for maintaining his body. J.R. Moringer wrote in GQ magazine in 2010, it's no different than his weights or his Whirlpool tubs or his custom-made Nikes. Given his broken finger, fragile knees, his sore back and achy feet, not to mention his chronic agita, Bryant can't sit in a car for two hours. All of the nine people who died on the flight have been identified, apart from 41-year-old Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, Orange Coast College baseball coach John Altobelli, his wife Carrie, and their teenage daughter Alyssa were also on board. Peyton Chester, who played basketball with Gianna, Gigi, Bryant, and also Alyssa Antobelli, was on the flight with her mother, Sarah Chester. Assistant girls basketball coach Christina Mauser was identified by her husband, Matt as having been on the helicopter as well. Ara Zabayan piloted the aircraft that day. All on board were headed to a girls' basketball game where Bryant was expected to coach. Blessings and strength to the families of all of those affected in this horrible helicopter crash. Moving forward to RFSDelivers.com, Chicago Chef Makes History as first black woman awarded Michelin star, Chicago chef Mariah Russell is very soft-spoken. She's even a bit shy in person. But when she starts gushing about food, she immediately lights up. And once Russell's in her work kitchen, which cranks out globally inspired fare for dual establishments, Kiko and Kumiko, she truly allows her food to speak for itself. In less than a year, her food has spoken so eloquently and commanding that it's garnered the restaurants owned by renowned chef Noah Sandoval and beverage director Julia Mamos all sorts of accolades, from a highly regarded Japanese milk bread toast topped with fermented honey ice cream and truffle to the seven-course omakase experience. Her cuisine has mesmerized the likes of Bon Appetit, Top 50 of 2019, Food and Wine, Best New Restaurants, and even Time, 100 Greatest Places of 2019. In October, she received the most significant honor of them all, a Michelin star. In doing so, she became the first ever 
black woman to achieve such a milestone. Blessings and praise for opening doors to Chicago chef Mariah Russell. Moving forward to businessinsider.com, a federal judge has granted North Dakota Republicans the ability to block Native Americans from voting. A federal judge rejected on Thursday a lawsuit brought by Native American voters disenfranchised by North Dakota's voter ID law. Following Senator Heidi Hankemp's victory in 2012, North Dakota's Republican lawmakers passed a new law requiring voters to present an ID that lists their current residential street address. Now people must provide an ID with their exact residency, something that many Native Americans don't have and can't get as they live on rural reservations with no street names or residential addresses. On Tuesday, a group of Native Americans sued and stated the new rule didn't merely burden their right to vote, it denied them access to the ballot altogether. United States District Judge Daniel L. Hovland rejected the suit, citing precedent that warns lower courts not to alter voting laws shortly before an election due to the risk of voter confusion. Hovland's decision will almost certainly stand as the final word on this matter before the upcoming midterms. The Eighth Circuit and Supreme Court have already turned their backs to North Dakota's disenfranchised Native American voters. That's terrible news for Heidi Heitkamp. This measure was designed to deny her a second term in the Senate by suppressing the votes of the tribal voters, who tend to lean Democratic. It now appears that the law will work as intended. Moving forward to the NewYorkTimes.com, President Trump removes pollution controls on streams and wetlands. The Trump administration on Thursday finalized a rule to strip away environmental protections for streams, wetlands, and groundwater, handing a victory to farmers, fossil fuel producers, and real estate developers who said Obama-era rules had shackled them with onerous and unnecessary burdens. From day one of his administration, President Trump vowed to repeal President Barack Obama's Waters of the United States regulation, which had frustrated rural landowners. His new rule, which will be implemented in about 60 days, is the latest step in the Trump's administration push to repel or weaken nearly 100 environmental rules and laws, loosening or eliminating rules on climate change, clean air, chemical pollution, coal mining, oil drilling, and endangered species protections. Moving forward to Vice.com, the racist ICE detention center captain was just fired. We found 132 more posts by him on a neo-Nazi site. Anyone complicit in the destruction of my culture, religion, way of life, and nation is counted amongst my enemies, Travis Ferry wrote on Iron March in 2013. The captain of a privately run ICE detention center in Nevada has been fired after Vice News exposed his ties to white nationalism earlier this month. Private prison company 
Core Civic, which runs the Nevada Southern Detention Center and Parump, said Friday that Travis Frey, 31, is no longer employed by them. We take allegations like these very seriously and have thoroughly investigated the matter, Core Civic spokesperson Amanda Gilchrist wrote in an email. After carefully considering the findings of the investigation, the company has taken appropriate steps to protect the integrity of our workplace and ensure our values of being a prison are not compromised. Mr. Frey is no longer employed by Core Civic. Core Civic, what a name for a prison, a privately run detention center, the core of the civics, okay? After serving in the Marines, Frey spent the last decade moving around the country, working for facilities run by Core Civic, formerly CCA in Georgia, California, Indiana, and most recently Nevada. And as he rose through the ranks in corrections and detention centers, he would routinely turn to the neo-Nazi forum Iron March to spew racist vitriol and white supremacy. Vice News reported earlier this month that Frey had talked about wanting to help set up the local chapter for the traditionalist working party, a now-defunct white nationalist organization that was involved in the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. It's not clear whether he ever followed through, and he declined to comment when contacted by Vice News. Frey started working at the Nevada Southern Detention Center in 2018. He was hired as a shift supervisor and was later promoted to captain. Moving forward to Blavity.com, a Supreme Court decision now allows Trump to deny immigrants public benefits. A decision on Monday by the Supreme Court will allow the Trump administration to block immigrants from receiving public benefits, reported CNN. The 5-4 to four vote against the Trump administration, the ability to deny green cards to immigrants who may or may not use public benefits like Medicaid, food stamps, and housing vouchers. The Supreme Court has five conservative justices, occupying two of which President Donald Trump appointed to thank for the implications of the new public charge policy. However, the new rule was previously blocked nationwide in October, challenged by five trial judges' injunctions. There were two cases brought in New York consisting of one group of immigrants in the tri-state area, New York, Connecticut, Vermont, and the other exclusively a group of New Yorkers. We are happy to see the Supreme Court step in the way they did here, Ken Cusinelli, second-in-command at the Department of Homeland Security, told BuzzFeed reporters Monday, we very much appreciate it. The policy goes in effect nationwide, except in Illinois. Many advocates for immigrant reform says the new rule will have a negative effect on the immigrant community. This is a fundamental rewrite of our legal immigration system without a single change in the law by Congress said Urja Dow, a former chief counsel to the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services under the Obama administration. The Immigration and Nationality Act already allows the government to deny permanent residency to immigrants dependent on government for financial support. This rule changes how the government determines 
who is likely to be a public charge. This means denying immigrants access to Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP food stamps, Section 8 housing vouchers, and assistance, public housing, and or Medicaid. According to the Migration Policy Institute, more than 4 million families who were not citizens received SNAP benefits between 2014 and 2016. But Aaron Recklin-Mechlick, a policy analyst at the American Immigration Council, said the policy breaks the fundamental premise that America is the land of opportunity for all people, rich or poor. The United States was built by people with few resources who came to the United States with the strong desire to work hard, he said. The public charge rule undermines that tradition. Public assistance is supposed to support those to get out of poverty. So obviously, the result of this ruling could lead to more immigrants to live in a desperate struggle. Moving forward to BBC.com, Trump releases long-awaited Middle East peace plan. United States President Donald Trump has presented his long-awaited Middle East peace plan, promising to keep Jerusalem as Israel's undivided capital. He proposed an independent Palestinian state and the recognition of Israel's sovereignty over West Bank settlements. Standing alongside Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at the White House, Mr. Trump said his proposals could be the last opportunity for Palestinians. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas dismissed the plans as a conspiracy. I say to Trump and Netanyahu, Jerusalem is not for sale. All of our rights are not for sale and are not for bargain. And your deal, the conspiracy, will not pass, he said, in a televised address from Ramallah and the West Bank. The blueprint, which aims to solve one of the world's longest-running conflicts, was drafted under the stewardship of President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Thousands of Palestinians protested in the Gaza Strip earlier on Tuesday, while the Israeli military deployed reinforcements in the occupied West Bank. The joint announcement came as both Mr. Trump and Mr. Netanyahu faced political challenges at home. Mr. Trump is the subject of an impeachment trial in the United States Senate, while the Israeli Prime Minister on Tuesday dropped his bid for immunity on corruption charges. Both men deny any wrongdoing. David Friedman, the United States Ambassador to Israel, said that the timing of the announcement was not tied to any political development, adding it had been fully backed for some time. Moving forward to youractive.com, the European Union responds to Trump's Middle East peace plan. The European Union's top diplomat said Tuesday that the bloc remains firm and united behind the quest for a negotiated two-state peace deal between Israel and the Palestinians. High Representative Joseph Burrell was speaking after President Donald Trump unveiled a last opportunity for the Palestinians to sign up to a plan drawn up by United States officials. The European Union will study and assess the proposals put forward, Burrell said, but he added, this will be done on the basis of the European Union's established position 
and its firm and united commitment to a negotiated and viable two-state solution that takes into account the legitimate aspirations of both the Palestinians and the Israelis, respecting all relevant United Nations resolutions and internationally agreed parameters. Burrell acknowledged that today's initiative by the United States provides an occasion to relaunch the urgently needed efforts toward a negotiated and viable solution in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but he made it clear that European capitals see the need for more inclusive negotiation ahead. The EU reaffirms its readiness to work towards the resumption of meaningful negotiations to resolve all permanent status issues and to achieve a just and lasting peace, he said. It urges both sides to demonstrate, through policies and actions, a genuine commitment to the two-state solution as the only realistic way to end conflict. The statement did not say whether or not he had consulted some or all EU members before issuing his reaction, but most capitals have previously expressed support for a negotiated solution. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology, blessings, and grace. Get up in the morning slaving for bread, sir, so that every mouth can be fed. I wonder if you know. 
overtime and council tax fines. There are no funds on my oyster card. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that this is my life. My heart is starting to wonder. It's got to be. Self 
here is real, so important you have to feel your greatness to obtain. Just maintain, you feed your brain. Many books and information from the elders. Listen well, wishing well. Make one set intentions, pick one, and devote the time and energy to help them grow. Just like a seed, you will know you will come alive. Things get tough and you lose your mind, but you find your way somehow. Some days, destiny is the key. Follow that, unlock the door, then go in a little more. Come out a little deeper. That's for sure you love yourself a little more. Dive deep, you will see your higher self just waiting to be. Waiting for your ascension Did I mention to be careful Cause them demons they be waiting They be lurking Please be certain You're not flirting with the devil Just keep hooking past them With a passion Keep, keep, keep it flashing And in the flash You will start to come alive 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 Come Calling you so for true, you can come alive. Dive into the abyss, the unknown, all will be shown. Shine your light, journey inward, journey home. You are not alone, we're all just becoming alive. Right? Blessings and grace, and welcome to Technology. Starting off with the conversation.com. Not bot, not beast. Scientists create first ever living programmable organism. A remarkable combination of artificial intelligence and biology has produced the world's first living robots. This week, a research team of roboticists and scientists published their recipe for making a new life form called xenobots from stem cells. The term xeno comes from the frog cells Xenopus levis used to make them. One of the researchers described the creation as neither a traditional robot nor a known species of animal, but a new class of artifact, a living, programmable organism. Xenobots are less than one millimeter long and made of 500 to 1,000 living cells. They have various simple shapes, including some with squat legs. They can propel themselves in linear or circular directions, join together to act collectively, and move small objects using their own cellular energy. They can live up to 10 days. While these reconfigurable biomachines can vastly improve human, animal, and environmental health, they raise legal and ethical concerns. To make xenorobots, the research team used a supercomputer to test thousands of random designs of simple living things that could perform certain tasks. The computer was programmed with an artificial intelligence evolutionary algorithm to predict which organisms would likely display useful tasks such as moving towards a target. After the selection of the most promising designs, the scientists attempted to replicate the virtual models with frog skin or heart cells, 
which were manually joined using microsurgery tools. The heart cells in these bespoke assemblies contract and relax, giving the organisms motion. The creation of xenobots is groundbreaking. Despite being described as programmable living bots, they are actually completely organic and made of living tissue. The term robot has been used because xenobots can be configured into different forms and shapes and programmed to target certain objects, which they then unwittingly seek. They can also repair themselves after being damaged. Future versions may be built from a patient's own cells to repair tissue or target cancers. Being biodegradable, xenobots would have an edge on technologies made of plastic or metal. Further development of biological robots could accelerate our understanding of living and robotic systems. Life is incredibly complex, so manipulating living things could reveal some of life's mysteries and improve our use of AI. Conversely, xenobots raise legal and ethical concerns. In the same way they could help target cancers, they could also be used to hijack life functions for malevolent purposes. A more compelling concern is that of unintended or malicious use. As we have seen with technologies in fields including nuclear physics, chemistry, biology, and AI. For instance, xenobots might be used for hostile biological purposes prohibited under international law. More advanced future xenobots, especially ones that live longer and reproduce, could potentially malfunction and go rogue and outcompete other species. For complex tasks, Xenorobots may need sensory and nervous systems, possibly resulting in their sentience. A sentient programmed organism would raise additional ethical questions. The creation of xenobots had various biological and robotic precedents. Genetic engineering has created genetically modified mice that become fluorescent in UV light. Designer microbes can produce drugs and food ingredients that may eventually replace animal agriculture. In 2012, scientists created an artificial jellyfish called a metasoid from rat cells. Robotics is also flourishing. Nanobots can monitor people's blood sugar levels and may eventually be able to clear clogged arteries. Robots can incorporate living matter, which we witnessed when engineers and biologists created a stingray robot powered by light-activated cells. In coming years, we are sure to see more creations like xenobots that evoke both wonder and do concern. And when we do, it's important that we remain both open-minded and critical. Scientists have created the first ever living programmable organism. May the Most High save us and let that thing be destroyed. <laughs> and the science is confused and the production of those things stopped in Yeshua's name. Moving forward to fastcompany.com. 
the making of Moho, AR contact lenses that give your eyes superpower, augmented reality contact lenses that gives your eyes superpower. This audacious idea is part of a much larger trend. In the coming decade, it's likely that our computing devices will be more personal and reside closer to or even inside our bodies. Our eyes are the logical next step on the journey. Tech giants such as Apple and Facebook are just now trying to build augmented reality glasses that are svelte enough to wear for extended periods. But Moho is skipping over the glasses idea entirely, opting for much more daunting goal of fitting the necessary microcomponents into contact lenses. The company has been at this since 2015, based on research dating back to 2008. And while it doesn't expect to bring a finished product to market for another two or three years, some smart people in Silicon Valley venture capital circles are betting it'll all work. Moho Vision has attracted $108 million in venture capital investments from Google Gradient Ventures, Stanford's StartX Fund, Colsus Ventures, and New Enterprise Associates, NEA, among others. Saratoga, California-based Moho has kept its plans for AR contact lenses under wraps for more than three years. I had no idea that displays not much bigger than a grain of sand even existed, but there it was, under the view of a microscope, displaying an image of Albert Einstein sticking his tongue out at me. Moho's newest and smallest display, it squeezes 70,000 pixels into a space that's less than a half a millimeter across. This display is the centerpiece of Moho's lens. It's positioned directly in front of the pupil so that it projects and focuses light toward a specific area of the retina at the back of the eye. The display is so small and so close that the eye can scarcely see it. At least in the beginning, its quality will be more utilitarian than aesthetically pleasing. You don't need stunning quality to perform tasks such as display weather information. Users will not only be asked to trust Moho with their eyeballs, but with their data. People will soon realize the lens's potential for collecting information about all the things their eyes rest on, including products, places, political ads, and people. It'll be on Moho to assure them that the lenses don't record that data and share it with advertisers or governments. Sinclair says the only thing that the lenses will remember will be the human faces they may have to recognize again, but even that data will be stored only for a short time. Perhaps more problematic is that it's not just the wearer that needs to be convinced about the privacy of the technology. People with whom the wearer comes in contact may be concerned that they're being recorded. This was an issue with Google Glass, which other folks could tell you were wearing and could be even more nettlesome with a technology as invisible as contact lenses. The public's opinion on the reasonable expectation of privacy in the digital age is evolving, but Moho will have a lot of educating and assuring to do when its product finally reaches consumers. Sincare 
is keenly aware of this, especially with his background in privacy-obsessed Apple. Moving forward to independent.co.uk. CCT cameras and mobile cameras scan the faces of everyone passing. Facial recognition to be rolled out across London by police, despite privacy concerns. Police are to start using controversial facial recognition across London, despite concerns over the technology's accuracy and privacy issues. Eight trials carried out by the Metropolitan Police between 2016 and 2018 resulted in a 96% rate of false positives and only eight arrests resulted from a facial recognition match. Privacy campaigners have vowed to launch new legal challenges against its use and called the move a serious threat to civil liberties in the UK. But a senior official insisted live facial recognition, LFR, was a fantastic crime-fighting tool. Assistant Commissioner Nick Epgrave said every deployment would be bespoke and target lists of wanted offenders or vulnerable missing people. LFR is only bringing technology to bear on policing activity since policing began, he added. We brief officers showing them photographs of wanted people, asking them to memorize that photograph and see if they can spot that person on a patrol. What LFR does for us is make that process more efficient and effective. Mr. F. Grade said the technology would be primarily used for serious and violent offenders who are at large, as well as missing children and vulnerable people. Police said any potential alerts would be kept for one month, while watch lists would be wiped immediately after each operation. The system can support lists of up to 10,000 wanted people, but officials said they will be targeting specific groups in set areas because of lawfulness and proportionality. Mr. F. Grave said LFR makes no decisions alone and works by flagging potential facial matches from live footage to public database. Officers then judge whether the person could be the same and decide whether to question them in order to establish their identity. He insisted that deployments would be overt, with members of the public being warned about scanning using signs and leaflets handed out by officers. But Scotland Yard promised the same tactics at a series of trials where the Independent found people were unaware that they had been caught on facial recognition. The force said its system was completely closed and will use mobile police cameras rather than existing CCTV. Officers acknowledged that algorithms were marginally less accurate when scanning women, but denied any racial bias in the technology being used in London. Silky Carlo, director of Big Brother Watch, said, This decision represents an enormous expansion of the surveillance state and a serious threat to civil liberties in the UK. It flies in the face of the independent review showing the Met's use of facial recognition was likely unlawful, risked harming public rights, and was 81% inaccurate. This is a breathtaking assault on our rights, and we will challenge it, including by urgently considering next steps in our ongoing legal claim against the Met and the Home Secretary. Moving forward 
to CSRWire.com. Major companies join new alliance to accelerate transition to electric vehicles. Saris announced the launch of a new alliance to help companies accelerate the transition to electric vehicles, a key component of tackling the climate crisis. The Corporate Electric Vehicle Alliance will help member companies make and achieve bold commitments to fleet electrification and is expected to boost the electric vehicle market by signaling the breadth and scale of corporate demand for electric vehicles, expanding the business case for the production of a more diverse array of electric vehicle models. It will also provide a platform to coordinate support for policies that enable fleet electrification. The climate crisis demands we decarbonize transportation, the highest emitting sector in the United States. The electric vehicles are an essential component of this transition, said Sarah's Vice President of Climate and Energy, Sue Reed, with companies controlling more than half the vehicles on the road in the United States today. They have a tremendous role to play in leading the transition to electric vehicles, both in terms of electrifying their own fleets and in leveraging their buying power to send a strong market signal to automakers and policymakers alike. The Corporate Electric Vehicle Alliance is where the rubber hits the road. The Corporate Electric Vehicle Alliance flagship members are Amazon, AT&T, Cliff Bar, Consumer Energy, DHL, Direct Energy, Genetech, IKEA North America, Lease Plan, Lime, and Siemens. These members operate some of the largest fleets in the United States. Some have already made significant commitments to electric vehicles and will look to the Corporate Electric Vehicle Alliance to help them meet their goals. Moving forward to Futurism.com, YouTube Mods forced to sign Doc acknowledging they may get PTSD. On December 16, 2019, The Verge published an investigation about how moderating content on YouTube left many workers with mental health issues, including post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Four days later, Accenture, the firm running the moderation site at the center of the investigation, asked employees to sign a document acknowledging that the job could cause PTSD, a likely bid to discourage future lawsuits. On Friday, The Verge published details about the document, including several lines reportedly pulled directly from it. I understand the content I will be reviewing may be disturbing. The document reads, according to The Verge, it is possible that reviewing such content may impact my mental health and it could lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. In the past year, several former content moderators have also filed lawsuits against social giant Facebook alleging the job caused mental trauma. As this new document, Ascension may be trying to get ahead of any future legal action by making employees feel responsible for any mental health issues caused by the job. But as Hugh Baran, a staff attorney with the nonprofit National Employment Law Project, told The Verge, the document 
will likely do little to help a censure if employees do decide to sue. Under most understandings of OSHA, it doesn't matter what you make people sign, said Baran. You can't eliminate your burden to provide your employees with safe working conditions. Moving forward to technologyreview.com, the Pentagon has a laser that can identify people from a distance by their heartbeat. The Jetson prototype can pick up on a unique cardiac signature from 200 meters away, even through clothes. A new device developed for the Pentagon after United States Special Forces requested it can identify people without seeing their face. Instead, it detects their unique cardiac signature with an infrared laser. While it works at 200 meters, 219 yards, longer distances could be possible with a better laser. I don't want to say you can do it from space, said Stuart Remley of the Pentagon's Combating Terrorism Technical Support Office, but longer ranges should be possible. The most common way of carrying out remote biometric identification is by facial recognition, but this needs good frontal view of the face, which can be hard to obtain, especially from a drone. Face recognition may also be confused by beards, sunglasses, or headscarves. Cardiac signatures are already in use for security identification. The Canadian company, NIMI, has developed a wrist-worn pulse sensor as an alternative to fingerprint identification. The technology has been trialed by Halifax Building Society in the UK. It takes about 30 seconds to get a good return, so at present, the device is only effective where the subject is sitting or standing. In the long run, this technology can find many more uses. Its developers believe, for example, a doctor could scan for arrhythmias and other conditions remotely, or hospitals could monitor the condition of patients without having to wire them up to machines. Moving forward to SingularityHub.com, five major central banks unite to explore launching their own digital currency. In the beginning, there was Satoshi. It's been a little over a decade since the pseudonymous founder of Bitcoin introduced the blockchain-based cryptocurrency that launched a thousand more blockchain-based cryptocurrencies. Since then, not a few folks have speculated that Bitcoin would take over the world and perhaps even supplant central bank-controlled fiat currencies. While central banks have taken cryptocurrencies more and more seriously over the years, they also remain the ultimate authorities any rising new form of money must reckon with before knocking down the system. If anything replaces fiat currencies, and stable economies at least, it likely needs central bank support or even be issued by a central bank. To that end, the Bank of England, Bank of Japan, European Central Bank, Bank of Canada, the Severges Rich Bank, Sweden Central Bank, along with the Bank of International Settlements, recently announced that they've banded together to research central bank digital currencies. The new group, co-chaired by Benoit Coea, head of the Bank of International Settlements, BIS Innovation Hub, and John Conliffe, deputy governor of the Bank of England, 
and chair of the Committee on Payments and Market Infrastructures at the BIS, will openly share their findings and experiences. They'll look to emerging technologies, use cases, and digital currency design options, including how such currencies would work across national borders. The group's formation isn't a commitment to launch a central bank digital currency, but the coalition shows how far the idea has come and how much weight it has with central banks. Indeed, a survey conducted by the BIS a year ago found some 70% of central banks had central bank digital currency projects in the works or underway. While last decade witnessed the birth and steep rise of cryptocurrency and public awareness, this decade may see a multitude of digital currencies grow up in parallel, public and private, centralized and decentralized, or some combination of these. The details are clearly still in the works, but increasingly it appears the future of money is digital. And moving forward to EcoWatch.com, Ocean Cleaning Device succeeds in removing plastic for the first time. An enormous floating device designed by Dutch scientists for the nonprofit Ocean Cleanup successfully captured and removed plastic from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, the company announced Wednesday and CNN reported. Ocean Cleanup has been hard at work on creating a device to attack the plastic waste crisis for seven years by creating a device that captures plastic in its fold-like giant arm, according to Business Insider. The company announced that it was able to capture and hold debris ranging from large cartons, crates, and abandoned fishing gear, or ghost nets, which are a scourge to marine life, to microplastics that are as small as one millimeter, according to an Ocean Cleanup press release. Today, I'm very proud to share with you that we are now catching plastics, Ocean Cleanup founder and CEO Boyan Slat said at a news conference in Rotterdam, as CNN reported, the system's success in capturing microplastics came as a welcome surprise since microplastics tend to fall to the ocean floor rather than float on the surface, according to the press release. Since microplastics tend to sink, Ocean Cleanup focused on large pieces of plastic. Slat posted a picture on Twitter of collected debris alongside a forsaken wheel. Our ocean cleanup system is now finally catching plastic from one-ton ghost nets to tiny microplastics. Also, anyone missing a wheel, Slat wrote. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is twice the size of Texas, is a swath of plastic debris brought together by the ocean currents and kept in formation by a whirlpool of currents. As The Guardian reported, Ocean Cleanup now wants to scale up the project so it can hold plastic for a year before collection is necessary. It has the goal of removing half of the Great Pacific garbage patch. The Ocean Cleanup said in its press release that it will now start in its next iteration, System 002, a full-scale cleanup device that will endure rough ocean conditions and retain the collected plastics for long periods of time between collections. 
Once the plastic is collected, it will be returned to land and processed for recycling. Blessings and grace to ocean cleanup for cleaning up our oceans. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace. Bless. Follow the vibes of the universe. Open up your third eye and don't go blind. So divine. So high. Give thanks for life. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks For life I give thanks for life For life I give thanks for life La-dum dee-dum da-dum dee La-dum dee-dum da-dum dee Give thanks La-dum dee-dum da-dum dee La-dum dee-dum da-dum dee Give thanks Time has come. Yes, I Babylon wanna come for us today. So I take my time to meditate, evaluating what it means to be that righteous one. Burning up like the rays of the sun. What's left for us when all this is done? I got a feeling that the time has come. Our time has come. The time has come. I got a feeling that the time, even in these times, even in these times, we fight for constant liberation. I still need my meditation. Just like the sun needs preservation. And the crooked system needs purification The low ones need a little elevation And the mind need constant simulation Plus the cipher gotta stay in rotation I still need my meditation Babylon wanna come for us today So I take my time to meditate Evaluating what it means to be that righteous one Burning up like the rays of the sun What's left for us when all this is done? I got a feeling that the time has come Our time has come The time has come I got a feeling that the time has come I close my eyes to meditate Now we'll levitate and look into my third eye Do you see my high? Cause I know you see the light of the eclipse Make your mindset drift over To become divine in these times Take my time, time to meditate. And you can take your time, time to meditate. And we can take our time, time to meditate. Ladum deedum, ladum deedum, ladum deedum, ladum deedum. It's my sweetest game. Alkalize the body, oxygenate your mind. Instead of praying to the sky, get in tune with the eye Meditation, meditation It's time for meditation Eternal spiritual preservation Divine ones exceeding limitations The rule to eternal preservation It's time, I meditate to my nation 
eat your greens before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream until the body lets down on you. You say the cat is hard to chew, so you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your greens, greens, greens. Asparagus, parsley. Cucumber, kale, and don't forget the collard greens, basil, oregano. You know I love my avocado. I'm in love with the cocoa, coconut. Daylight come, told me I go pick a bunch of green banana, boil it in a stew. So you know I gotta add some callaloo. Eat your greens. Blessings and grace, and welcome to Herbnology. I'll be talking about the many medicinal benefits of hawthorn berries. During ancient times, every part of the bush, flowers, berries, leaves, stems, and bark were used to make medicine. In fact, most modern preparations use the leaves and flowers, standardized extract, which are believed to contain more flavonoids than the berries. At one time, hawthorn berries was referred to as the bread and cheese tree. Since flowers, berries, and leaves were all edible, it was a lifesaver during famine. Also known as food for heart, these powerful little berries can do wonders for cardiovascular health. In Europe, thousands of doctors prescribe hawthorn to prevent cardiovascular disease. Today, Hawthorne is an official drug in Brazil, China, Czechoslovakia, France, Germany, Hungary, Russia, and Switzerland. It's used to treat heart failure. Heart failure is a condition whereby the heart is unable to pump enough blood to other organs in the body. Hawthorne has been extensively studied in people with heart failure, showing positive results. Angina. Hawthorne may help combat angina caused by low blood flow to the heart. Research published in the Indian Journal of Traditional Knowledge suggests that hawthorn dilates coronary blood vessels and improves blood flow. In addition, it strengthens heart muscles and helps to rid the body of excess salt and water. High blood pressure. Hawthorn berries may also be useful for controlling high blood pressure. Immune system. In addition to the antioxidants, eliminating dangerous toxins from the body, the vitamin C in hawthorn berries are also boosting the activity of your white blood cells to increase your overall health. Anxiety. In many traditional medicines, hawthorn berries are used for certain psychological conditions, including stress, anxiety, and even depression. Digestive health. The many organic compounds found in hawthorn interact with gut flora, to improve digestion, 
Additionally, the fiber in hawthorn improves the digestive process, helping with constipation, bloating, and cramping. Intestinal infections, apart from having nutrient uptake and eliminating constipation, it's also suggested that hawthorn may help eliminate intestinal infections like tapeworms, eczema, and psoriasis. You may even apply hawthorn berry solution topically to the skin. Some of the organic compounds have anti-inflammatory properties. Therefore, hawthorn may reduce itching on healing wounds or from other skin conditions such as eczema or psoriasis. High cholesterol. Research shows that hawthorn may lower LDL, the bad cholesterol, and triglycerides in the blood. Increases energy. Many studies conclude that hawthorn can expand the coronary blood vessels, which allows for more blood to circulate through the body. That means a higher level of energy or alertness. When the body is properly oxygenated, cognitive skills improve, energy levels rise, and metabolism can work at optimum levels. Antioxidant properties. Hawthorn berries contain active compounds with antioxidant properties. Antioxidants are substances that scavenge free radicals which alter cell membrane, hinder DNA, and cause cell death. You can make your own hawthorn berry tincture. Tinctures are one of the best ways to gain the benefits of hawthorn berries. Tinctures are usually administered in very small doses since they are traditionally created using high-proof alcohol. Make a hawthorn berry tincture by steeping the berries in vodka or brandy for three to four weeks, then filter. If you can't or don't want to consume alcohol, use apple cider vinegar instead. But keep in mind, the tincture will not be as potent. And again, 15 drops is considered one dose. Always look to the nature of the Most High as your first line of defense for all of your healing needs. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Said I'm coming from a far away to deliver Jaja's plan.
here in the air when history is for the making. Red is running down the spine of my father. The motivation for the focus mind of his daughter. I am who am most specifically the water. My tears taste like sea salt, reminiscing of my mother's. And I get about a bed. I wash my head. I say what's up to my reflect and reflect on my dream and what it means and how it ends. And my phone vibrates. I grab a chain, initiate a conversation. Like, how my family feeling? What's good with your spirit? You just need to clear a heart is thumping. I can hear it. To me, I'm feeling empathy out my window. Oh, I see, I see me.
is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape. Your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace. And welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. We're going to start off with the Hebrew word sorek, which means reddish, fox-colored, purple, vine-bearing, cerulean grapes, choice wine, noble vine, vineyard, a valley where lived Delilah, the Philistine woman whom Samson loved and whom was the direct cause of his downfall. Judge 16.4. Metaphysically, a very material aspect of life. This life is really of the true choice vine, or Christ life. But by the exercise of the phase of the soul that Delilah here signifies, sensuality, sense thought, belief, and desire, the life expression takes on a very material and corrupt appearance. The Hebrew word, Bahurim. Bahurim is young men's village, choice young men, prime of manhood, young warriors, choice, select, excellent. A Benjamite, town near Jerusalem, on the road to Jordan, 2 Samuel 3.16. It was there that Shammai, of the family of Saul, cursed David and threw stones and dust at him when he was fleeing from Absalom, 2 Samuel 16.5-8. It was in that place that a woman hid in a well the messengers, Jonathan and Hamaz, of David, who were being pursued while they were on their way to David to tell him of Absalom's plans, 2 Samuel 17.18. Metaphysically, Bahurim is a consciousness of physical strength and power, Choice young men, young warriors, such consciousness is excellent, but if it is not established in love and wisdom, the result is strife and a tendency to do unwise things, for which one repents afterwards. This is typified by the case of Shammai. One may also do noble acts. The Hebrew word evi, it means desire inclination, choice, the will, object of desire, where the will is centered, a king of Midian who was slain by the Israelites at the time of Balaam, son of Beor, was killed and the Midianites were defeated, Numbers 31.8. Metaphysically, Evie is unjust desire. All desire at its origin is good and is of the Most High but in interpreting itself to the human consciousness, it takes on the dominant beliefs therein. This is Evie's case, is the belief of materiality and sense and rebellion against the true thoughts of spirit. Thus the desire expresses itself as a longing for thoughts and activities that would mean injustice to one's higher self and degradation to one's whole being. And the Hebrew word had is vigorous, strong, splendor, majesty, glory, and acclamation, confession, 
a joyous shout, a praise. An Asherite, he is named among those who were the heads of fathers' houses, choice and mighty men of valor, chief of the princes. First Chronicles 7, 37, and 40. Metaphysically, Hod is a ruling, conquering thought in the Asher consciousness in man. It is the lifting up and the exalting of the joy of true spiritual understanding. And Nazarite. Nazarite is Hebrew for separated, consecrated by vow, abstinence, set apart by choice, devotion, one chosen or set apart, one consecrated by the Most High by a vow. Numbers 6, 2 to 21. Samson was a Nazarite, Judge 13, 5 and 24, 16, 17. Also Amos 2, 11 and 12. Metaphysically, Nazarite signifies what the meaning of the word consecrated by vow, separated, implies. The thoughts consecrated to truth, to life, holy, sanctified, free from all worldliness and from belief in error, destruction, death. Thoughts purified from error and given wholly to truth are entirely separated from any belief or teaching related to materiality and death, are separate, holy, from all destructive tendencies. They are fully centered in life and in that which is uplifting and constructive. And the Hebrew word hagri. Hagri is fugitive, wanderer, stranger, father of Midbar, one of David's warriors, 1 Chronicles 11.38. Metaphysically, hagri is a roaming thought in consciousness. It is of the intellect rather than of spirit, but it has broken free from the realm of sense and is drifting spiritward, though it is not yet established in true understanding. But it chooses wisely, laying hold of the idea of never failing, ever renewing, divine life. Thus it brings forth midbar, meaning choice, youth, who becomes a valuable aid to the ruling, love faculty, and the individual. And as we traverse, we may come across stumbling blocks. Stumbling blocks at first may seem to be in the physical environment, but closer discernment reveals that they are primarily in the mind. Therefore, we should put no additional weight into the already existing obstacles by filling them with the thought stuff of condemnation. We should not judge others, but we should strive to overlook their limitations. We should beware how we let our zeal to help others interfere with their freedom of choice. And Matthew. Matthew is Hebrew for gift of Jehovah, gratuity of Jah, given wholly unto Jehovah. A tax collector who became one of the disciples of Yeshua and the writer of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 9, 9 and 10, 3. He is also called Levi, the son of Alphaeus, in Mark 2, 14. Metaphysically, Matthew is the disciple of Yeshua who represents the will faculty in man. 
In the body, this faculty is located in the forehead. In the regeneration, man controls, directs, teaches, and disciplines the faculties of his mind. To do this, he must in measure withdraw from the mercenary occupations and the material ambitions that have absorbed his time and attention. Levi, afterward called Matthew, willingly gave up his money-getting and followed Yeshua. The disciples of Yeshua left all and followed him. Peter was afraid that they had made a mistake, and he received this assurance from Yeshua. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had left house, or brethren, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands for my sake, and for the gospel's sake, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands. This is a promise that is always fulfilled where there is a wholehearted surrender of the old life and a full absorption into the new. The will always enters into man's decisions. The will makes the final choice to give up all and follow Yeshua. This lesson on the surrendering of the old ideas and conditions that the greater increase of good may come unto one's life is based on Matthew because Matthew represents the will. The will has been given over to the thought of accumulation by imposition on external resources. In the regeneration, the will is converted and is taught by prayer and meditation how to stabilize the universal substance. Under the universal law, the will becomes a producer instead of a parasite. When the individual will has become a disciple of Yeshua, spiritual I am, the schooling of the man, begins. And freedom, the quality or state of being without thought or restraint, bondage, limitation, or repression, having a sense of complete well-being, it is a result of regulating one's life according to principle, not according to what anyone else may think or say. We can never know the full meaning of freedom until we abide in the Christ consciousness. Without prayer and spiritual meditation, there can be no concept of spiritual freedom and therefore no demonstration of it. It is gained only through spiritual development, gained in long hours of communion with the Most High and silence. Liberation from bondage comes as we seek first the perfect mind of Christ. If therefore the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. John 8.36 And free will, man's inherent freedom to act as he determines. There can be no perfect expression without perfect freedom of will. If man determines to act in accord with divine law, he builds harmony, health, happiness, and eternal life, which is in heaven. The Hebrew word jeush, it means to whom he, God, hastens. He will urge, he will make haste, he will collect, he will assemble, he will bring together. A son of Esau, by his wife Aholimbama, 
Genesis 36.5, Son of Bilham, a Benjamite, 1 Chronicles 7.10, a son of Shammai, of the Gershonite Levites, 1 Chronicles 3.10, a son of Rehoboam, Solomon's son, 2 Chronicles 11.19. Jeush, metaphysically, means strong, unifying, attracting, accumulating thoughts and consciousness. He will collect, he will assemble, he will bring together. To whom he the Most High hastens, he will make haste. With the idea of bringing together, bespeaks the final lifting up and unifying of the entire man and spiritual life and wholeness. And Timothy is Greek for worshiping God, honored of God, honoring God, veneration of God, prized of God, valued of God. A Christian convert who helped Paul much in his ministry, Acts 16.1, 1 Timothy 1.2. Metaphysically, Timothy is inspired reason united with faith. Inspired reason united with faith, also zeal. The word Timothy means worshiping God, honoring God, honored of God, prized of God. He was the son of a Jewess that believed, but his father was a Greek. A Greek symbolizes intellectual reasoning. The Jews often called any Gentile by the term Greek. Gentiles signify the outer sense consciousness in man. A Jewish that believed would have referenced here to our faith in the Most High and to our love for him. Timothy, therefore, represents an idea in us that has its inception in a union between our intellectual reasoning and our inner spiritual qualities of faith and love. So we understand Timothy to symbolize inspired reason united with faith and zeal. In Logos, the Word of God, the divine archetype idea that contains all ideas, the Christ, the Son of God, spiritual man and manifestation, divine mind in action. The supreme idea is the creative power, the Christ consciousness formulated by universal principle. The law of the Logos, the law of divine creation, produces the order and harmony of perfect thought. Law puts first things first. It's a rule of action. An understanding of the Logos reveals to us the law under which all things are brought forth, the law of mind action. Divine mind creates by thought through ideas. And logic, derived from the word logos, a rational relation or connection between ideas and expression, logic in its strictest sense is the only accurate method of arriving at truth. Any system of philosophy or religious doctrine that does not admit the rules of perfect logic in reaching its conclusion from the stated premise must be outside the pale of pure reason and in the realm of man-made dogma. Logic and logos are almost synonymous terms, and the highest scriptural authority tells us that all things were made by the word. Hence the word of reason 
or the reasonable word is the very foundation of the universe. Therefore, to know accurately about the reality of things, we must disregard all appearances as indicated by the five senses and go into pure reason. The spirit from which was created everything that has permanent existence. Embuna is Hebrew for perception, discernment, understanding, knowing, discretion, prudence, building. Second son of Jeremiel, who was the son of Herzon, the great-grandson of Judah, 1 Chronicles 2.25, metaphysically, Buna is a practical wisdom, discernment, sensibleness, and judgment. These are always of a building, constructive character. Metaphysically, thought is the process in mind by which substance is acted on by energy, directed by intelligence. Thought is the movement of ideas in mind. Thought control is established by aligning the thoughts with the mind of Yeshua, bringing every thought into harmonious relation to eternal, unchangeable principles. The healing balm for every inharmony in consciousness is understanding of the creative power of thought and its relation to God-mind and to manifestation. Adverse conditions are built into mind and body by the law of mind action. Ignorant thinking forms the substance of mind and body into inharmonious states. Spiritual perception is the apprehension of truth through intuition, the ability to perceive spiritually, the faculty of seeing spiritual reality in spite of appearances that may suggest the contrary. The Hebrew word hadai means slippery, smooth, gliding away, leading, transitory existence, this world, the outer, changeable, temporal, worldly, worldliness. The captain of 24,000 men who served King David during the 12th month of each year, First Chronicles 27.15, he was in the Tophethite of Othniel. Zechariah mentions Heldai as one of those of the captivity, Zechariah 6.10. Metaphysically, Heldai, the enduring essence of divine courage and strength. But while in the ideal, the qualities of courage, strength, and conquering power are infinite and therefore enduring, in the case of Hadal, of the Netephathite, the worldly transitory thought or belief is still in evidence. This must be put away, and the true spiritual standard must be recognized and maintained before the staying qualities. The true spiritual standard must be recognized and maintained before the staying qualities, which are divine, can become really abiding in individual consciousness and experience. And spiritual essence, the substance in which all things exist and out of which all things are made, out of which we are made and predestined for an assignment 
that's yet unfolding. We must take heed and align with the Most High so that we can best position our decisions. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. And in the distance, what is left, what's there to call our own? The years they paint our names and colors to dim, splendid uncertainty. Everything and everything 
Cause yourself got stuck Hip plug it free No cost for entry now Who can be whatever it is you want Cause nothing is out of your scope You got it Blessings and grace, I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Woman's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music, Shafiq Hussein, Silhouettes and Curtains, Sampa the Great, Blessings, Stas the Boss, You Got It All, Siraj Nuri, Inhale, Iman Uzuri, Sun Moon Child, Oshun, Window Pain, Boom Ham Remix, Urban Roots, Live Forever Dove, F Soul Greens, Kareem Riggins, Bahia Dreaming, Saint Germain, Heavy Piano, Soul and Luna, Babylon, Nia Wakia Ali, Alive, Ruth Ellen, Glow. Desmond Decker and the Aces, Israelites, Osalande, Intro, Soulmate, Natasha Alexander, Augustine, Amar Simone, New Dawn, Nishwadada, Perfect Minds, Shanna Tucker, Land of Milk and Honey, Ronald Bruner Jr., featuring Thundercat, Take the Time, Princess Kaziah, Ancient of Days. The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bachka, Earthology. Soleil, The Formula, Kalissa, Lioness Order. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you a fire, burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still, focus, decide.
remember that you are earth. Ground, build, give. Be you till full love so that you can rise and ascend. Blessings, grace, love, and strength to all. Give a shout out to the birth of a dream I paint a pretty picture since I got the right team My life's been picture perfect overnight and it seems The support I've been receiving is the best that I've seen And I'm keen, oh and it's amazing Yes I have been guessing Where this queen has landed from Africa has landed from Everyone has landed in my world Take your landing gear Everyone's a visitor Thank you all for landing here Life takes many turns and I go Mine was clearly chosen I know Every step I take Meditated every night. I meditated. Now my soul is educated. Sorrow come, now my family free Living in the moment, living just like me